Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast for the technician that wants to get real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast, episode 83. Today, we're talking to Bob Smith, equipment manager at PGA Frisco Golf Course in Frisco, Texas. PGA Frisco Golf Course consists of the East Course, which is 18 holes, designed by Gil Hance, and the West, which is 18 holes, designed by Bo Welling. There's a 10-hole lighted par 3 short course and a whopping 75,000 square foot lighted putting course that they call the dance floor. Bob has two techs in the shop. They're primarily Toro equipment. Let's talk to Bob. Welcome, Bob, to the Real Turf Techs Podcast. Thank you for having me. How are you me. doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing awesome. Good. Awesome. Glad you're here. Thank you. Me too. It'll be fun. Well, we were just talking a little bit before we got started here, and I guess me and Howard had some info off, so Bob's going to set us straight, and that's good. We bit. need that. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's got to keep us straight. Got to keep you in line. So yeah, no Zoysia fairways at all. So it was all, it's all Northbridge. So he- Right, Bermuda. Yeah, and yes. he had said Zoysia fairways, and I was like, okay. And then the Zoysia we do have is laser, and he picked some other so, random one, so. Oh, uh, okay. But- And that's the one on the- The big the dance, dance floor. floor, yeah. We do have a stadium laser, what they use for the surrounds on the uh, target greens out in the okay. driving range. So they've been doing that with Texas A&M, just kind of seeing how it holds up. So, mm. well, yeah, and y'all had a huge test plot too, right? Yeah, we with got the test Texas plot. They, I think they've got twenty-two or twenty-three plots at the all zoysia, different different uh, breeds or species of yeah. them. So, yeah, that's all. Awesome. So it's interesting. Yeah, a lot of fun. Well, thank you for setting us. Straight. That's all right. <laughs> Tell us how you got into the turf industry. So I was in the golf industry for a while. I was working at uh, PTA Tour Superstore as a fitter and a club repair guy and also doing some fittings for Titleist. Heard about the property, heard about this fantastic thing going in, and I said, I want to be a part of it. So kind of took the first job that was here, was a mechanic, and uh, just fit right in, worked out great. Uh, fast moving, you got three golf courses uh, and at that time, we had all borrowed equipment from Toro. They had loaned us a bunch of opening stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just not in good shape. So working working hard and uh, really dove in and enjoyed it. And That's that, awesome. Yeah. And then just, uh, you know, just getting used to the different aspects of the equipment. And then once I got dialed in, it was a lot of fun and just kept moving. And fortunately for me, they moved me up uh, last summer in July and uh, worked out. I've been there ever since and just loving it. That's, that's incredible. And after meeting you and hanging out and spending, you know, a few hours with you there at your facility, I would have never guessed that you were this new to the turf industry. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you seem like you got, you're pretty squared away. I go, yeah. I learned quick. So in, uh, yeah. So the first week I was left all alone. So that was fun because my boss had gone out sick. So I'm here by myself with all this equipment. And so you just, you know, it's either, uh, survive or die so i just i just dialed it right in just get it done you know so i like that's awesome yeah i kind of i gotta get it fixed right that's my whole thing like all of us right whatever it is we're gonna fix it whatever it is it's gonna be fixed it might take a little while Mm -hmm. but uh but it works out you relief grind we don't uh we don't we we got the bernhard grinders uh technically Mm -hmm. they say there's a small release 
mm-hmm. they do offer a relief grinder, and I think we're going to look into that in a few months. So, yeah. it's well, uh, We were lucky enough that Danny was up there. Yeah. When we were up there. Yeah. He's an awesome guy. Yeah, he's full so of fire. Fun. He's fun, yeah. And he's better yeah. out. He's, he's done them all, so it's, it's great to get his input on stuff. So, oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, he's a ton of knowledge in that brain. Yeah, it's great. And he's really funny, too. Yeah, he is funny, so yeah. that helps. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Tell us something you fabricated lately. I'm working on something now. Kind of, we have a wash pad for the, which recycles all the water, and we don't have any power washes set up there. So I ended up buying a few power washes, and boss man wanted them triggered so that when you press the trigger, it goes on. So what I do is I hooked up a flow switch to a relay, and as soon as you pull that trigger, the pump comes on. So Okay, yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, building a stand for it to fit in the spray room, and then that'll lead right out to the pump. I got to boom up overhead so they can kind of walk around mm-hmm. the machine. So, so just welding some brackets and then rewiring, doing some electrical work on that one. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so since you haven't been doing this long, where, where does this experience come from? Uh, just lifelong construction, uh, dealing with all sorts of equipment. You know, they're all the same motors, just put on different type of units. So, so basically just, again, always learn how to fix thing. And then, you know, also dabbling in antique cars years and years ago. And so just, you know, a lot of the grease monkey stuff. And it, the, so the biggest challenge was just getting the different setups, you know, the reels and the, and all the setups. Mm-hmm. And then especially with the Toro, the doubles. Uh, adjustment on it, just getting dialed in. And once we got it dialed in, it was, it was, it was good. All that experience helps. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's awesome. What's your favorite tool? Right now it's my four inch cordless Milwaukee grinder. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Doing all that fabricating. I just, that thing dial it in all the time. Cause I like to grind all my welds just to make sure they're good and everything out. So, so that thing's, oh, yeah. that thing's on my hip all day, pretty much. That's awesome. So, well, while we're talking about Milwaukee, I want I need some more info on this Milwaukee room. Okay, yeah. So one day we had the rep come out, and other, he just kind of was in the area and was another rep. And you know they started getting into the landscape stuff, and they really want to mm-hmm. get into golf. So now they do it for utility companies who are using their trimmers and saws and all that stuff. So they just want to be involved with the you know the golf now. Uh, you know California is turning everything over to you know, cordless yep. battery. And, uh, so rep came in we sat down and he goes, well, what do you need? And I said, well, it's a little different world than you used to. So we need to get some stuff in here and test it out. And then, uh, so he gave us a lot of prototype stuff to try out and then get some feedback back to the engineers and, uh, see how mm-hmm. they can adapt what they have already to the golf world. No, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So they give us the cabinet. So each cabinet will be set up for each course each superintendent will have their own cabinet uh it'll have all the tools in it and then uh they'll be able to charge your own batteries and take them out to the fields okay so what's the strangest thing you've seen at the golf course strangest thing is probably the the greenskeepers themselves they we just had a couple guys hot wire an hdx to go faster oh geez after we turned them all down to uh because they just destroy these things and we had a broken A-frame on an HDX and not sure how that happened, but so we slowed them down and all of a sudden it's, yeah, they're going a little fast and we look at it and somebody hot wired the switch to go faster. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a strange one. Yep. You can only do so much. That's, you try yeah. and try. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, 
Oh, I think it was uh, our Flex 2100 walking greens mowers. Uh, one of the operators figured out how to wedge a T in the throttle to make it go faster, like in the governor. And yeah, they, they're pretty clever. They are. They come up with some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and the two says, oh, we'll work faster. And I'm like, well, okay, but I don't see that happening. So let's just slow them down right. again. So, so it was yeah. it was funny. Yeah, that was strange. Mm-hmm. What's one of your pet peeves around the shop? Me, it's uh, cleaning, right? Cleaning all the parts before you work on them. Uh, just keeping everything clean and neat. That way, if it's full of grass and grease and oil, I want it cleaned and so I get on the guys for that one because, and I don't want a lot of grass in my burn hot machines too. So I want to keep them clean. Right. Has it been a struggle to working with the crew and the managers? Yeah, a little bit, you know, time, they're right. always on a time crunch. So, you know, it's the end of the day, they want to go home. They don't feel like cleaning as much. Uh, a lot of them do a good mm-hmm. job, but from, you know, I have a different standard because we're taking them apart and then we'll throw them on a table and we need them cleaned up. So we will double clean them when they come in. So it's a, it's a little trying on patience, but they'll get there eventually. Yeah. We, uh, we went through, well, all our fairway mowers and our T mowers and we really spit shine waxed them. I mean, had them looking great. And I think they've mowed maybe half a dozen times. And they already look bad again. Yeah. And it's just so depressing. It is. Yeah. I mean, we had them looking <laughs> like brand new units. Because when they first and come then, in, we did detail them. I put, uh, uh, you know, stuff on the steel to smooth it out. So, and then it just, they just get so used up so much. And they're one rain and mm-hmm. it's just nasty. Then they put out, uh, you know, you put out your fertilizer and that just gets collected on it. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's sad to see, but it's part of the program. So we just clean them when they come in. My guys will clean them up real good before they come out of the shop. So that way, at least they, they can see what they look like clean. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think if it's clean, they respect it a little bit more, but it's hard to be the one that has to do the cleaning all the time. Right. Too. Yeah. You just, so, yeah. And then tough. everyone has their own definition of clean, which is interesting as well. So. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 So, no, that's very true too. <laughs> oh yeah. It's clean. No. That's yeah. Not. Okay. Do you have a mentor in the industry? I do. I got a couple actually being new. So, uh, my boss, Bryce, uh, came from Valhalla. So on the turf side, just a brilliant guy and really very open and loves to teach. On the tech side, I've got a gentleman that works for one of our distributors. His name, David Shirk. He's a 22 year vet of the Toro tech. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, the guy's just great and he loves to teach too. So I'm lucky enough to get him involved with a lot of my training and then anytime okay. I have a situation, he's, he'll just come in and show us. And so he's on my speed dial. So I call him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Phone a friend for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause yeah. we want to get it fixed, right? We don't, I mean, I don't have to be the one. I just want somebody that, you know, you got to get back out to service. So how, the best way to do that, just, if you don't know, ask somebody and it all works out. Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call all the time. I think a lot of us Yeah, do. you need to. And, and especially when somebody, like you're saying, 22-year veteran of Toro, mm-hmm. you know, why not use that if you got that at your disposal? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's you've up. seen it all, so it's it's great. Once in a while, I stump yeah. them, and it's always interesting. I'll have to call up and uh-huh. check. And, and I'm known as the, the guy it's at Toro. It's like I'm the pain in the butt because 
something will come in. I'm like, yeah, I don't really think that's a, well, I don't think I like that. And, uh, they'll be like, well, what do you mean? So like with wiring and stuff and I'll rewire certain things. And so David, it always, oh, you got to put the Bob touch on it to make it official. I'm like, yes, I do. Uh, yes, yeah. I do. So, that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. It's funny. J.R. Wilson, he's a good friend of mine. He's up at Noyak on Long Island. And uh, I was kind of giving him a hard time because everything in his shop it has the JR modification done to it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is, but I was kind of, you know, I was just giving him a hard time. I was like, nothing's good enough for you, is it, JR? And he's like, oh, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not. It really isn't. Nothing's good enough for JR. Oh, that's funny. But I mean, it, it is a good uh, trait, too, to make things better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's nothing that he, was doing that didn't need to be done right like i wish i would have thought of sure that. absolutely yeah 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 so yeah that's good stuff yeah. what would be your dream job or opportunity my dream job would be to own an nfl franchise <laughs> okay hey, awesome that'd be more fun than i'd know what to do with so any particular one well i do like the patriots so i like blue england okay. yeah so robert Kraft, i'll take over for him one of these days but those, okay. I get the first billion. I'll be good. Now, are you originally from New England? Yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. Right near awesome. uh, TPC Boston, a town called Norton, Mass. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, what got you to Texas? My wife got a job. So I kind of moved around a little bit. She got a job here and we ended up moving here. We like it. So, okay. yeah. It's a little bit warmer. A little there, bit right? warmer. Yeah. I don't miss the snow. Uh-huh. So, yeah. 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 What technician would you like to work with for a day? You know, I uh, technically I like to work with someone like yourself. So probably you, guy, long time in. Um, it'd be fun to watch how you troubleshoot. You know, just kind of stand back and okay. kind of, you know, I troubleshoot pretty well. I I've just got the knack for it, but it'd be fun to sit there for a couple of days and watch you do it, and and then with all your tips and tricks. So that would be fun. I'm I was trying to think. I don't remember who I was talking to the other day but we were talking about was the interview that's going to come out pretty soon but most of the time so if it's electrical electrical or hydraulic normally i go to the component Mm -hmm. that's having the problem and start there and kind of work my way back to the Mm -hmm. source so the pump if it was a hydraulic issue and I was having, uh, you know, a slow real motor or something like that that wouldn't turn it up to speed. I'd start at the real motor and then slowly work my way back to the pump because mm. usually, and and it's kind of price wise too. You know, the pumps or the motor is cheaper than the pump, right. so absolutely I'll start on that end. Hopefully, and then the same thing with the issue. So if you got a circuit not energizing, I would start at the solenoid valve and work my way mm. back to the battery yeah yeah i was looking at it. what's what's feeding this issue and then what does this issue feed so you're kind of looking at it's kind of the same way you talked about it so it's amazing how some people just don't have that ability though and it's just you know i've got a guy here they just you know he just, he'd be looking at it looking at it looking at it and then all of a sudden well go back to the source you know go back oh okay and mm-hmm. then that's kind of just what you do and I, and I like doing it. It's kind of it's kind of a game, you know, kind of fun. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah, it's one of the most entertaining or fun parts of the job to me is troubleshooting. 
whatever mm. it is, hydraulic or electrical. But yeah, I've seen people where they have a lift circuit not working and they're testing light bulbs. And fly. <laughs> you know, how did you get to the light bulbs? But I think they open up electrical schematic and they're looking at it and they just get so overwhelmed yeah. and they just start testing stuff. But, and that was one thing that I've worked on over the years and tried to help people with is just narrow down that little circuit that has the problem. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about all the other stuff right? because it can get really confusing. But when you narrow it down, there's a, usually a, only a few wires and a few components that's going to be creating an mm -hmm. issue. What do you know now you wish you'd known on day one? The, uh, the amount of uh, stuff that they tend to break down on, you know, it's just, uh, just like, man, it's amazing, right? Coming out of the construction field and it's a little different world and just uh, the guys are moving fast and they got a lot to do and, and uh, something will break and they just, uh, they don't, never knows how it happened, right? So, so that's mm -hmm. kind of, you yep. kind of, now, so that goes, troubleshooting goes along with questioning those guys too. It's like, well, what happened? Okay. I don't know. Well, where were you? You know, uh, I was over here. Okay. Well, did you hear anything? No. So it's kind of a third degree to find out just to try to save you some time or what happened. But yeah, if I know that now, I'd have a little different questioning process for them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, that kind of comes with the territory. I think some operators get kind of defensive. Mm -hmm when we're questioning them about what happened, I wish they would understand better. We're asking all those questions to try to save ourselves some time and either making a repair or repairing it. So it doesn't happen again. Right. You know, just like if I get a real dinged out on the course, I want to know exactly what, it, what sprinkler head was this or what drain grate was this. And, Let's fix this drain grate so I don't have to grind this rig right, again. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and I try to because, not to get so defensive. You know, try to ask them in a nice way. They, but you know, they broke something. It could cost a thousand dollars, so they feel a little, you know, a little, mm -hmm. little tense. You know, so yeah, yeah. We all have New Year's resolutions, and if yours is to run a more efficient shop in 2023 or stay on top of preventive maintenance, you have to check out ASB Task Tracker. Whether it's keeping track of labor, monitoring equipment, or providing insight when assets need to be replaced, Task Tracker is a full service application where superintendents, technicians, and crew can communicate throughout the day, all while providing real time information on where money is being spent. Stop by booth 555 at the GCSA show to check it out, or visit ASBTaskTracker.com. To schedule a demo. Let's get back to the episode. Get ready for tips and tricks. Well, what kind of tips and tricks you want to share with us? Ah, I think the troubleshooting, you know, kind of, kind of what I like to do, just, you know, electrical, right? Always a power source somewhere. There's always a ground. Kind of the first couple of things I like to check, make sure you've got, you know, your basics there and then go through that. And then I think another trick again is questioning the people that bring in the the stuff that's broken down, just kind of just make them feel comfortable, say, you know, tell them a little joke or just, oh yeah, I did that. You know, something just to kind of get the answer, uh, and saves a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, saves a lot of time. You got a, a go-to joke? Uh, 
No, probably just so, oh yeah, I've done that before, you know. So that's yeah, that's yeah. probably yeah. it. Yeah, yeah it happens. It happens. Right. I've done yeah. that before. Yeah. So um it gets mm-hmm. them a little easier. And that's the thing, it just saves a lot of time. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And if we can get the crews and the operators to yep. open up to us, that's gonna gonna help us out down yeah. the road. And then just and there was like stepping back, right? Just you get in too close, you kind of step back and you kind of look at the, the setup and especially when the reel's involved. It's, or stop turning or something, you step back, oh, there's a, you know, ran over a flag, you know, now it's stuck in there. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of one thing I try to get the guy, you know, step back for a second, look, walk around and then, and then kind of dive into it. Have you been hands-on on operator training on new equipment? Yes. Stuff like that? Yeah. We used to have training, used to have training every Wednesday with new equipment, bring all the guys in in the morning, kind of go over all the steps and the different features of the uh, equipment. Wow, that's, yeah. yeah, that's really good. And I think that doesn't happen at a lot of mm-hmm. clubs. They just throw whoever on it and say, you know, don't come back. Don't, yeah, you. I mean, it's, it's their expensive piece of equipment, and they need to know what can happen. And, and mostly for safety for themselves as well. Because mm-hmm. like right. I always tell them, sure. these things don't care what they're cutting. Uh, you just got to be careful all around them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, don't, what else? uh so on your mind you want to talk about? Uh, you know, I think one of the crucial parts of our job is the communication with the superintendents, just always have an open dialogue, you know, for what they need, because we're always setting up the machines for them and, you know, they need mm-hmm. it done and try not to always be last minute. Sometimes they'll come in and, oh, oh I need to change the height of this. Well, okay, but it's going to take a little bit, you know, and well, we'll go down now. And mm-hmm. I said, well, so we've got them. My guys are really good at communicating ahead of time. They'll come in and talk about it. And then, uh, so we've got five superintendents here, actually four on the course and then one PGA. So, you know, they're Mm -hmm. always talking and they're always trying to do the best they can. And I just like to be a part of that conversation. And it's, it's not always easy because they're out in the field making decisions Mm -hmm. and and then we've always got something to do. So we could be in the middle of something or you got to stop that and, and change it, which has worked great. But I think the, the biggest thing is the communication with those guys. Do y'all have any like weekly meetings or daily meetings? We have weekly anything? staff meetings. Uh, and I sit in okay. on those and just kind of, you know, superintendents will all do what they need to do for chemicals and heights and equipment they need to use. And then, you know, I'll go in and get informed on what they need and, and then inform the shop after mm-hmm. that. So, so yeah, it's a okay. pretty good system. Yeah. yeah, that works good. Cause yeah, some places, uh, that level of communication is not there and it just makes for a lot more stressful environment. Right. Cause now you got to guess and then you got to take time and you know, it's not my job to come up with the numbers. It's my job to produce the numbers. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's tough. It's for when I, from what I hear different places, yeah, the communications, you know, well, you're the mechanic. I'm like, well, okay. I don't like that term, but you know, I like the tech term better cause we're doing a lot more than just yeah. turning yeah. wrenches. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, each club kind of has its uh, different philosophies on stuff like that, and yeah, it, it can be a be a struggle for sure. But it sounds like you got a pretty good operation there, and good communication, and all that's great. Yeah, I let them know if, if they don't, you know. So I'm not yeah, so yeah. quiet. Yeah. Well, East Coast people, we're gonna we just want to save time. Man. We just want to get it done and get it done as fast as we can. So that information helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you can't do it if you ain't got the, the right, right information. Absolutely. Tell me how you fit a club. To fit a, a club to a golfer. Okay. So 
few basic things. Uh, the length of the wrist to the floor is your club length. Okay. okay. So now Ping has a great little chart depending on the distance. So you put your hands to your side. So, so it's not necessarily a height. It's, it's that wrist to floor measurement. So we're going to get the length. And then once we get the length down, we're going to uh, take a look at the swing. And then you put a club in the hand and they'll hit a lie board, check the loft and lie. Uh, if they're push it, pushing it okay. right, the toes down, they're pu- pulling it left, then the heels down. So we get that set up and, and then kind of just watch them swing. Uh, not everybody can hit an extra stiff shaft. Not everybody's going to hit a regular shaft. So, so, you know, once you get the club set up, then you can kind of watch them swing and then you can get different shafts and different heads and things like that. So, yeah. Okay. No, I mean, all that is really interesting and I don't play golf. I've hit a golf ball, but I, I don't. I couldn't tell you the last time I tried to play around the golf. It's been a long time and I don't plan on picking it back up. No, not at all. huh? No, no, I don't. It was one of those things that I got really frustrated Mm -hmm. and it was not fun for me. And I don't see how anybody makes it fun. Yeah. But I definitely could not. Lots of practice. That's the only way it gets fun. You know, it's just, but I get into it as older. I just stopped playing off those 47. So I, you know, it was horrible and I you know, hate being horrible anything. So, you know, mm-hmm. I got some clubs and the pros like, well, you should be shooting 72. And I'm like, what the heck's wrong with you there? He goes, no, look at you got blades. And I'm like, well, I don't know what those are. So, so I ended up getting some clubs and it took a few lessons and then practice. And, and the biggest thrill was be able to walk up to a golf course and be able to just get a tee time and play golf. Because there's a struggle mm-hmm. there too. People, it's very intimidating to walk up to a club and. If you're not sure of the procedure, so more than just swinging the golf club, it's the golf procedures. You know, how do you, you know, how oh, do you go okay. into a pro shop? How do you, who do you talk to? And, and, you know, you want to be able to hit the ball well in the rain. So, you know, if anybody else is around and so when I used to fit mm-hmm. people that just want to play for fun, it's like, okay, hit the ball and find it. Basically it's step one, right? We're going to find it and then hit again. So, and it can mm-hmm. be fun, but it, it is an easily frustrating game right off the bat. And I was frustrated, but take some lessons. You learn how to hit the ball and then you go from there. Yeah. The okay. biggest problem with golf is that ball is just sitting there. Right. And your brain cannot mm-hmm. calculate that. Unlike a baseball or anything that's moving, your brain can calculate time and distance, but if it's not okay. moving, your brain can't calculate it. So we used to get a lot of pro baseball players coming in and they just having a hard time and they always want to take that step. You know, I said, well, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. brain can't calculate. So let's, let's get your body to work. So that club comes out at the same point every time. Wow, yeah. It's, it's fa- yeah. Stuff. It is fascinating. And it seems so simple, but it's not, you know? Well, yeah, it's just a little just, ball laying there. Just sitting there. Right. Just hit it. <laughs> it's funny. Well, that's good. How often do you play? Uh, I get out once a week or so. Yeah. So okay. I'll play on the awesome. weekends. My wife likes to play too. So we'll go out and play nine holes or. Sometimes 18, so I get out. I don't get to practice okay. much, but but just go out there for fun and have some fun. Get to play in some scrambles now and then, some different events. So it's a lot of fun. Can you use the facilities there? Not yet. Uh, we're not open yet, not so yet. we will be able mm-hmm. to use them once they're once we're open. So the practice facility okay. and and get out and play. So that'll be fun. That yeah, yeah, that'll be awesome. And that driving range, how many directions can you hit on it? Like six directions. So it's almost almost a full Six circle, yeah. So it's actually a, like a half wow. circle, yeah. So you've got a bunch of different tee boxes set up for different entities, and 
So it'll be it'll be interesting to see once it's open. Yeah, especially um, yeah, if you got multiple people yeah. in different directions. And, yeah, yeah we've got that, that little park three courses is pretty close, and we've already seen some slices end up out that way. But so this should be mm-hmm. fun. But we're all supposed to be pros, and and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. And the little par three course, you said you could play with just. Yeah, the it's designed as ten holes, so it's designed so that you can just roll the ball up. So they want anybody to be able to play golf. So you come out, you want to learn. Mm-hmm. So can't hit a wedge. Okay, we'll just take your putter and scoot it along. And and I've done it. I did it once, and it's it takes a little to get used to, but the the way it's set up, it's designed to use a putter. So that's that's going to be great for people that want to come out and learn how to play golf. And I might could do I, that. I think we'll get you out there. Yeah, that's a, we got. Yeah. So next time I'm back, I'm gonna borrow a putter. Go around. Go around. Go around the four awesome. three course. Tell me about the the two championship courses, if you will. Yeah, we've got the main championship, which is East Course, which is called Fields Ranties, and they'll ha- they'll host the Senior PGA next spring with a bunch of other okay. tournaments as well, and then the PGA Championship in twenty seven. Awesome. And isn't it like 7,800? 7, yeah, from the tip. Yeah. So it'll yeah. also play yeah. closer to 4,000 for those people who just want to play forward tees. So the whole design okay. for both courses that anybody can play. They want to be able to have mm-hmm. anybody come out here and play, and you won't have to play from the tips where you can play from one of five tee boxes. And on the okay. west side, Fields Ranch West will be some different tournaments, some college events, high school events, uh, a lot of uh, amateur events on that side. So, okay. yeah. Awesome. And it's going to, the whole thing's going to be open yes, to the public? Yes, it'll be all open to the public, yeah. Okay. So it'll be uh, technically open May 1st. We'll be open right before the tournament and probably open the west side. And then officially the whole thing will be open. And I think June 17th, they, they've slated for the grand opening of everything. So right after okay. the tournament. The 500 hotel room. Place will oh, op- be opened up. The That'll be open, and the the uh, ranch houses will be open, the restaurants, and and the Top Golf Lounge, and all that. So they want everything to open up, so that they can use all the functions when they come to the hotel. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. it's going to be very, fun very place. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was yeah. amazing to see, and beautiful piece of property too, and it had some rolling hills and the other stuff I saw in Texas. Pretty, flat. pretty flat. Yeah, so it is nice. You got some elevation changes. And- some rolling hills and it's it's quiet out there so it's pretty much set off the the main highways and the main roads so when you're out there it's it's you're pretty much by yourself which is real nice mm-hmm. yeah no it was, it was a beautiful landscape and i really like the color of the north north bridge yes bridge bridge bridge, bridge. or bridge yeah north bridge yeah no it had a really good yeah it did color yeah it's it. real a little deeper green than most Bermudas. And then that bunker y'all had that didn't have sand in it. Oh. Where they cut the lines in it. I don't, that, that was, was cool, yeah. Cool. Number six east, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting spot. It was pretty. And who was the architect for that one? Yeah. Okay. And then who it done Bo the Wheeling. Of course. Yeah. Bo Wheeling. And I think they yep. they both Good worked stuff. on the short course as well. So they each took one side, and then they kind of worked together on the short course a little bit. I think mostly Bo on that. But okay, you gonna get down and uh, play at Trinity? Oh Falls yeah, I'm gonna time? call him up. Get down there. Yeah, that's a fun I'm, track. I'm sure, he would love. Yeah, to it, it was there. great. It was great to see those guys down there. But yeah, it's a great course. Yeah. 
No, Tony's awesome. He's a little he's wired up, but I like that, you know. So, well, he, he loves he loves he, to play. Yeah, it's what he. So y'all, y'all, he's a good player. He's almost scratch. He said. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's no. That'd he's be no fun. joke. He he says I'm calling him out right here because he says he's going to be the first technician to win the GCSA golf tournament. Okay, but he's not coming to show this year. So it's kind of going to be hard for him to win a golf tournament that he's not attending. Yeah, we'll have to get him to go. So, so yeah, that's that's so yeah, funny. I was uh, giving him a hard time when I saw him about that. Like, how are you going to win this golf tournament that you're saying you're going to win if uh, yes. you're not going to? It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I, th- I, th- I mean, I was giving him a hard time. I think he's got some fans. Uh, okay, stuff, yeah, so I understand that. Not a problem at all. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Yes, sir. All right. What's your favorite movie? Oh, oh I love it. That's, yes. That's what, you want to you want to do a line from Tombstone? A little, a little doc. Let's see. There's a few of them. Oh, I know. There's some yeah. good lines. Oh yeah. I was just thinking of the what was the one he says when he. Yeah, uh, I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry's one, yeah. and then. Uh, You're God, easy if you one. do. Yep. That's it. You know. Yeah. Fun yeah. lie. He was good. Yeah, a lot of good yeah, actors yeah. in that one. Fun one. Yeah. Just say, y'all, oh, say when. That's right. That's, that's it. Yeah. Say when. Say when. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> I love it. What would be your last meal? Last meal yeah. would be uh, my lobster bisque with a two pound lobster sandwich. Two pound sandwich? Oh, delicious. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Wow. There's some rest- restaurants on the Cape Cod that do that. It's awesome. Oh, so. I bet. Yeah. No, that sounds so good. Yeah, I make a mean bisque. Good. All right. Takes about four hours to make, but it's. Well, next time I'm out there, I'm going to find a lobster and drop by your house. <laughs> what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of my ability still. Um, being an older guy, I just love to learn and it's amazing how I can pick things up. So it just uh, needs to be done. Uh, I'll just do a little research if I don't know and I can learn from videos or watching and. I just really enjoy learning and, and then applying to my job because uh, there's just so many different avenues that different equipment, different things gone. So back, uh, you know, Bryce and I, my boss, we built a bridge not too long ago. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, I love carpentry, but it's just, it's that ability to solve a problem, you know, and, yeah. and uh, the ability to keep learning and new stuff. And so it, it makes me proud to be able to learn something and then be able to fix it. And, and Oh, yeah, no. Something definitely worth being proud of. And it made me think of another question. So as you were new to this side of the turf industry, was there any good resources that you found to learn about like reels or hydraulics, electrical, any of that stuff? You were saying videos and that kind of thing. Yeah, I got oral site, whole, um, the the afteries. Okay. Um, So I watched a lot of that, watch, you know, see what it was and kind of, watch that relationship between the real and the bed knot and mm-hmm. uh, so a lot of that and then the youtube stuff the guys uh like yourself and just different places of tree that just um have a scenario and he's kind of look at it and, oh yeah okay i understand that and, okay uh, yeah. yeah so i always like to have a benchmark you know how it comes out of the factory then what happened so um so it's a lot of videos and so the toro stuff was okay yeah 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 toro does a really good job and no, we're not sponsored by Toro, the, <laughs> but we might, we might be one day. I keep talking, talking it up. 
Tyler. But Toro, seriously, Toro does a, a good job with releasing information to the yeah. end user that helps us do our job. And yeah. I'm very thankful that they do that. We had uh, Toro University out here last fall and to be able to engineers um, mm-hmm. that build this stuff and design it. And, and the most, the biggest thing I took away was that they care about the turf. All they talked about was the turf. Mm-hmm. This is the turf, the action with the turf. And it, it was impressive because all, you know, it could have been about how they designed something or the equipment or the steel they used, but it was all about the turf. And their main concern was getting that turf right. And that yeah. was that was impressive to talk about. Yeah. No, they, they spend a ton of time and effort at trying to make the product the best they can for the turf. Yeah. Not, not for you or me or the nope. golfer, but for the turf. Right. Because they're not is, simple to work on, but. The end yeah. result, that turf is, it does what it says. So it's just, yeah. it was great seeing those guys. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate You're welcome. you being on here. Blast as always. Tell the listeners how they could get a hold of you. What's your email address? Uh, you can hold of me through my work email. It's bob.smith at omnihotels.com. Uh, if you have any questions, you guys need any info, just please feel free to email me. I'm glad to help. Thank you for that. And I was about to forget, we gave you a hard time about being in witness <laughs> protection with a name like Bob Smith. Do you get That's that a lot, or is that all, just something that happened when you come to Texas? No, all the time, yeah. All so, the time. so they'll be called me Boston Bob or something like that, because <laughs> I talk a little funny, but yeah, it's a witness funny. protection program. That's the thing I used to tell anybody, if someone comes there and asks for Gino Vazello, then don't answer the phone. We're going to leave out the back door. So. Right, right. But yeah. So <laughs> That's good. I, I get to have fun with it. That's fun. No, you got a great personality, and I appreciate you uh, playing along with the fun. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. Well, I will right. uh, see you soon. Appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Bob. I can't believe how quick he's fit right into the golf world. It's truly amazing. He's a really, really quick learner, but an awesome guy. I'm so thankful that he let us uh, tour his facility and showed us all around, took us out on the course, showed us all of that. Really amazing property, and it's exciting to see what they're doing there. Another thing I wanted to speak to was don't be afraid to pick up the phone and phone a friend or phone somebody down the road. You can check your pride at the door and just call somebody and it'll probably make your life a whole lot easier i hope to see you at the show in orlando so excited to go to the show and to see everybody we will uh, keep you posted of any extracurricular activities we got going on we got a whatsapp group started just for the conference so we can kind of keep track of who's where and what's going on next so that should be a lot of fun and just to get back and uh, fellowship with everybody. It's going to be really, really good. And the other thing, if you're thinking about teaching next year, proposals will be open till the end of February. So make sure you get those in to GCSAA. We need uh, all the content we can get at the show. And the task group would uh, love to see your proposal. So get it out there. If you got any questions on that, you can give me a call or call somebody at uh, GCSA, and they'll be happy to uh, help you get that in. Until next time, see you. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening to the Real Turf Techs podcast. I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at Real Turf Techs. See you bye.